What is up, everybody? Welcome to the BT Podcast. Excited for today. My name is Danny. I am your host, uh, and it's going to be a fun time. Before we kind of get in- into the conversation, uh, one thing I'd love to say is uh, if this conversation or any of our podcast episodes bless you, believe it's going to bless somebody else, share them on your social media podcast, blow it up on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever it is that you want to throw it on. And thank you for joining us today. It's going to be a fun conversation. We have a very special guest with us today. We have the Vice President of Mission and Finance, Dr. Chris Stapper with us from Star College and Seminary. Chris, thanks for being here. Say what's up to everybody, man. Hey, what's up? Good to be here. So glad to do this. Man, I'm excited to chat with you. Uh, I feel like a lot of times with these podcasts, like I get to talk to some really cool people and I'm just like, I hope I hope this helps somebody, but it's going to help me for sure. So, so <laughs> like if it doesn't help anybody, it helps me and, and I'm excited about that. Uh, and so I get to, to enjoy these moments with you guys. And for, for you, Chris, we've been able to just kind of chat and, and do ministry together and do different events together and plan events together. And I one, I love your heart. Uh, and also I love... I love the way that you often think differently about things where like, you know, I'll come in from some sort of strategy and you'll just kind of come in with like an, like the most simplistic thought ever. I'm like, why didn't nobody else think of that? Uh, but that's just kind of like, I love your, your outside of the box thinking. Uh, and man, it's going to be cool to get into this conversation today. We're talking about um, just kind of theological education as a whole. Uh, but really looking at the importance of what theology looks like, how it integrates into the local church and looking at your journey in all of that, because you've kind of been in, in a lot of different ministry platforms, whether it's in the church or whether it's through the theological education system. So it is going to be fun. Uh, but we'd love to start off, man, just kind of quickly share your story. Uh, Where did you grow up? How did you come to know Jesus? Uh, what is your ministry calling like? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in San Antonio and uh, lived in the same house uh, my entire life while I was at home. In fact, my parents still live in that house. And so like when we go home at Thanksgiving, I'm going home. I'm going back to the same spot. My brother and I would switch rooms every now and again just to feel like we were moving. But uh, lived in San Antonio all my life, always went to church. Church was a big part of my life. Um, and one of the the most formative memories I have as a, a young child, my grandmother played piano mm-hmm. and she wasn't like a good piano player, but she was good enough to go to like some of these country churches. And uh, she would go and play at their vacation Bible schools in the summer or go play, um, you know, just any event that they were having. And my brother and I would often stay with our grandparents. So we get drug around to a lot of like these other just kind of random churches. And for some people that might've turned them off to church, just having to Mm. go so much. For me, it created a love for the local church and seeing it in all of its uh, fun, exciting, weird kind of combination, just going to all of these different churches really uh, made me love the local church. And as I grew up, it was actually my grandmother who kind of led me to the Lord uh, in the earliest memories I have of kind of understanding that I was a sinner and and thanks to Jesus's death and resurrection that there could be reconciliation mm. uh, with me and God. That, that happened with my grandmother um, when I was five. And then when I was 10 at RA camp, I walked down the aisle. And But it wasn't until I was a junior in high school that I actually was baptized in the local church and um, faith never really wavered in any of that time. It was just like each moment was kind of a new understanding of, oh, yeah. this, this is what it means to follow Jesus. And um, youth group was a really important thing for me growing up. And so, yeah, uh, graduated high school and eventually made my way to Camp Zephyr and mm. worked out there for a couple of summers. And that was an important part of honing in on kind of my ministry calling and, and a desire to serve in the local church. Man, that's cool. Uh, I didn't, 
it's funny because like, yeah, we know each other. We do mystery. Yeah. I, I didn't know anything about your backstory. And it's yeah. uh, outside of growing up like in, in the younger ages uh, within the church, uh, our kind of high school stages are pretty similar. I got saved around my junior year of high school uh, and then went to Zephyr because I was like, and I'm sure you hear this a lot with working with like college students is like, I feel called to ministry. I just don't know what to do or how to do it or like, and so it's like that stage of just trying to figure out life, right? Uh, and figure out what your ministry calling is. And and that's how I felt too. And yeah. Zephyr was that spot for me. It was like, all right, I'm called to ministry. I don't know what to do. That place looks cool. I'm going to go hang out there for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I got to do. Yeah. No, it was actually, uh, so the summer between my junior and senior year, my last year to go as a camper to Zephyr, that's when I felt called to serve in the local church. But I had no idea what that looked mm-hmm. like. And my entire senior year, I was grappling with that. And when I graduated uh, high school, I went to UTSA for a semester. Um, and hey, I was they're just, undefeated in football right now. Are they? I yeah. didn't even know they had a football team, man. <laughs> good, good for UTSA. Go Roadrunners. Uh, no, I, I was just kind of flailing around because I was majoring in math. Mm-hmm. But like I felt called to the local church, but I couldn't afford to go to some of the other places. And I didn't want to leave town. Ta- like there were just all these complicated things. And I did not do great, uh, to be honest. Uh, my freshman year of college, I uh, I stayed home and watched a lot of ER episodes because uh, they were reruns. <laughs> so, like, missed a calculus three test uh, because it was that time when Dr. Carter and Lucy get stabbed by the crazy guy. And uh, there's just a really important narrative arc that I had to watch. Like, I didn't care at all about school. Yeah. And then I went to San Antonio Community College for a semester. And again, I was just aimless mm. as can be. And there was something about going and working at Zephyr and beginning to serve and working alongside yeah. of local churches. And that then became a catalyst, which actually led me to where I work now, Start College and Seminary. Back then it was the Baptist Learning Center, but it was like all of these small little things. And I went from feeling like I had no purpose, no direction. I had this big calling, but no idea how to ever get there. Mm. And then everything started to fall into place. Wow, that's that's so cool to hear. So I love that, you know, you wrestled with your education. You know, it's like... and. Everybody does that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like college students change a degree like four times before they actually find the degree they want to go into. Uh, and so for you, uh, what was that educational journey like? So now you have bachelor's degree, multiple master's, doctoral degree. Kind of lay that out for us for, for a little bit. Yeah. So um, like I said, started at uh, as a math major, just kind of going. I figured maybe I could teach in public school and uh, was on that track. And then I found Start College and Seminary. And began to study, uh, you know, take Bible classes and biblical interpretation and New Testament, all of these things. And I was studying alongside of people who were working in the local church. Mm -hmm. My professors were pastors. And it was like everything that um, had been exciting in my life was amplified. And now I was like, these are the kinds of things I want to learn. All the while, I'm still going to Del Mar and taking some, you know, regular just general Mm -hmm. studies classes and racquetball and weight training, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was doing all of that uh, to get my undergraduate degree, Mm -hmm. and that was an exciting time. And then I graduated, and I kind of found myself back in that same spot of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Like, do I, am I just keep going to school? Because that's worked out, but I don't really know if I want to get a master's degree, and I'm kind of, I don't love writing papers, so I'd love to take a break. And and I sort of found myself right back Mm. in that tailspin, and it was in that time that I changed jobs and actually had my first ministry job at a local church. And after working for two years, my pastor sat me down one day and said, hey, we need to think long-term. We need to look at where you're headed, what your calling is. And he had these great discernment conversations with me and really encouraged me to go and pursue a master's degree. Mm. And I I did go and get uh, two master's degrees. And the reason for that, so I love the idea of an MDiv, but I watched what my pastor was doing. And um, we were in a church in a small town in East Texas and... uh, 
prototypical kind of First Baptist Church. And he was having to do like business meetings and he was marketing and he was having to cover the facility, kind of a lot of things. He had to yeah. know all of these areas. And I really thought there's there's some other stuff that I probably need to know, some competencies that I don't have right now. And, and I need to go and um, expose myself to some new disciplines. Mm. And so I found a program at Dallas Baptist that was a Master of Arts in Christian Education and an MBA. And um, that was a great program for me because it uh, it capitalized on some interests I had personally, but then it also helped me think about some things from a unique vantage point. Yeah. So like the courses didn't ever really make sense because I was taking both classes, like, right. So I'd have like business ethics and church history, or I'd have <laughs> uh, marketing and intro to Two evangelism. Two entirely different topics. That yeah. A paper could not just like correlate together. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really weird. And like, I didn't want to use my marketing lessons in intro to evangelism. Right. That felt like weird and dirty. Like, I don't know. You're not supposed to just like, if, I don't know. I didn't like it, but it was also good because it kind of made my brain always think from another perspective. And so mm. that was the the master's degrees. And towards the end of that program, again, there were some leaders in my life, just some mentors who had some conversations with me about, well, what's next? What are you going to do? And they made me think seriously about doctoral work, which I had never considered. I didn't grow up just dreaming of having a, a PhD or something mm -hmm. like that. I was always just kind of going to school to get to the next threshold and thought, well, that would be enough. And um, our president at Stark College and Seminary um, gave me some great advice about why I should consider uh, pursuing a PhD. But all the while he was telling me, but you really need to pray about this. And it's only going to be successful if God's called you to it. Right. It's going to be difficult. And after a while uh, of discerning, just felt like the PhD was the right uh, program for me. And I pursued that at Dallas Baptist as well uh, and got a PhD in leadership studies with an emphasis in Christian ministry. Oof, yeah, man, that's it's a lot of words. That sounds like a lot of assignments. It uh, was a lot, <laughs> a lot of what assignments. What you got to be a part of. Yeah. yeah, I haven't had to do that in a couple of years now. It feels weird and yeah. I'll be turning stuff in all the time. That's so. nice. I bet yep. that's a good, but now you're also on the other side of it where you're uh, getting all the things that are being turned in from all the students. I get and, all those things. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I want to be a good professor. So I'm trying to leave feedback and make suggestions and uh, they probably don't read any of that stuff. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? If you're out there in one of my students, please just read the suggestions. <laughs> just read the feedback. It'd make me feel so yeah. much better. Put so much effort on that. Uh, and so I know you spent a season in serving on, on, a, on staff at a local church uh -huh. uh, in student ministry, uh, but then you, you felt called to, to step out of that, um, not out of the local church, but out of the local church as your occupation to pursue uh, joining the team at Stark uh, College and Seminary. What was that like transition like? Like, did you know that you were feeling called out of the local church as far as your occupation, your career, and uh, kind of what got you to Stark College? Yeah. So... My calling has always been to the local church. And I think if you were just to look at like my resume uh, and you see, oh, a Baptist camp and then a local church and then a seminary, mm -hmm. you might think those are three kind of separate yeah. things. In my mind, it's really three very, very similar things because at the camp, we were serving the local church by providing a place of retreat. In the local church, I got to do the in the trenches ministry work really rooted in one community. But right now, I still consider myself working for the local church. Mm. Um, and what we do is to train leaders for service in the church. That's yeah. what we do. Um, and so I don't 
see it so much as stepping out of the local church That's or good. even feeling like my calling shifted. It was more taking advantage of uh, the education that I had received, um, taking advantage of the experiences that I had, and then being able to go and serve at the place that had trained me and formed me and been really critical in my life. I wanted to go and serve there and hopefully be a part of uh, some other people having that same experience. Mm, that's good, man. I love that. Uh, and so now being involved in Star College and Seminary, you're, um, you know, with your specific role, what would you say, and you kind of hinted at a little, a little bit with like how Stark plays a key role in the local church, how that, there's a lot of integration there. We'll kind of get to that here in a second. Uh, but what would you say is like just straight up the mission and vision of Stark College? Yeah, the mission of Stark College and Seminary is to equip the educationally underserved followers of Christ for service in the local church and community. Mm. Any of those words that you're like, uh, I don't I don't really understand that because uh, <laughs> there's probably a couple and one of them underserved. Like, right. you, not I was going to say elaborate on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, underserved. So the thing about Stark College and Seminary is we don't really see ourselves in competition with other seminaries um, because if somebody has the ability to go off to some other place out of state and somewhere else in the state, man, bless them. That's fantastic. The people that Stark College and Seminary hopes to serve are those people who are rooted to a community mm. um, and so they can't leave or they're working in a local church and they don't want to step down from that. They're they're local here to South Texas. Um, or maybe they don't quite have the, the will or the way to pursue education in some mm. other way. Uh, you know, for a lot of students, the thought of going to college is just kind of a natural part of their life. Yeah. But there's a whole subset of students out there um, that that is a really daunting proposition, the thought of going back and having to write papers. And what Stark College and Seminary really focuses on is how can we help those students, those students that have a calling on their life, that have a desire to continue their education, and yet they haven't found the right partner. Well, that's what we want to do mm. is partner alongside of them and be a place that can help them answer God's call in their life. Man, that sounds like... Uh, sounds like- there's a lot of passion to what you guys are doing, yeah. uh, and and is and the passion is also connected to like a specific audience, which is great because I know, I mean, I think that you guys will have a desire to expand maybe sometime, but I love the fact that you guys are targeting a specific people. And, and one thing I want to just, I guess, clarify, if, I mean, anybody tuning in, if you have like. I have a small desire to want to go to Bible college. Um, man, check out Star because they're doing phenomenal stuff. This is where I got uh, my bachelor's degree, and it was at the time. You know, you said at, at one point for you it was Baptist Learning Center. Baptist right? Learning Center for yeah. me, it was the South Texas School of Christian Studies. Yeah, S T S C S, right? Yeah. Uh, and for me, like I, I was able to get a degree in biblical studies, a bachelor's degree in biblical studies uh, through Hardin Simmons University. Um, and so, yeah, I have like a diploma. I've never even. On, I think it's Abilene? in Abilene. Is it yeah, Abilene, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where it was. Uh, I get the like alumni, like little letters and packets every year. They still want money, yeah, huh? So yeah. yeah so, well, I may buy like a t-shirt one day. Uh, but but now you guys are no longer tied. Is that correct to them? Yeah. Uh, and now you're a fully accredited program on your own. Yes, that's correct. So we used to have partnerships, which is a great thing. And, and mm-hmm. Baptists uh, have for a long time, been really good at working in partnerships, and we were happy to do that. But over time, I mean, Abilene's a long way away. It's hard for Abilene to know exactly what's going on in South Texas. And uh, over time, it just made more sense for us to have our own educational programs. And so, yeah, we've got a certificate, a diploma, a bachelor's, Mm. and a master's program. And what that means is that no matter where you're at in your educational journey, we have an on-ramp that would be right for you. You're a Sunday school teacher, and you just want to learn a little bit more? Fantastic. You're somebody who's 
who's already got a bachelor's and you really want to pursue more upper level study, great, we've got that. Everyone can kind of find a spot where they can answer God's call at Start College. And I love that too because there's there's like good not just on ramps but also stopping points. It's oh like, yeah, if you're semi interested to in seeing what a Bible class could look like, because I mean, like we know it's it's not easy. You're reading right hundreds of pages. You're writing you know, papers and Turabian, which if you don't know what that is, go Google it and <laughs> have fun. Uh, and it's difficult stuff. So it's yeah. like, this is a, a great way to kind of on-ramp it versus like somebody saying, you know what? I feel called to Bible school. I'm going to pack up. I'm going to move to a city I don't know for four years. And it's just going to be crazy. And and I think this is a great way to kind of kind of get your feet wet with it too. Yep. But then it's like, all right, cool. Well, you're now enjoying this. So Pursue a bachelor's, pursue a master's, and kind of keep going with this education. Uh, and so here's a, a kind of a discussion I want to go into. Um, you know, you're passionate about, one, the local church, but also passionate about theological education as a whole. Uh, you think about just kind of where we are culturally. Uh, one, we, man, we're a culture where at at our fingertips, it's just a vast amount of resources, a vast amount of information that we can just simply Google like that, or we can find Bible studies and books and sermons and on-demand resources and all kinds of stuff. Uh, what would you kind of say to like somebody who's maybe like, yeah, I can just go learn on my own, right? I can do at my my pace, whatever I want to do, whatever I want to study, uh, versus maybe looking at something like going into a theological educational system like Stark uh, College, like one, what are... What are some ways that you would kind of speak into that? And, and even looking at the question of like, should people even pursue college anymore because of the vast amount of resources that, that are out there? Yeah, man, those are those are great questions. And really, those are questions that are being wrestled with at uh, kind of all levels of the academy throughout mm-hmm. accreditation right now. Uh, let's take that first one. And so the idea that there are resources that are like prevalent out there and you can get on the internet, I would say, yeah, absolutely, right? And I mean, what a world that we live in now that, uh, I mean, you can have access to anything anymore. Uh, You think just not that long ago, uh, to have access to research materials was like one of the things that was a big seller about like, oh, I get to go to that seminary because then I have access to their library. Yeah. That is not quite the like <laughs> yeah. seller anymore. It's like, yeah. oh, cool, those books. A whatever. library? <laughs> I can get everything yeah. I need now on the internet, somewhere yeah. that exists on the internet. Uh, <laughs> and so those selling points are not the same thing. Um, and so if the reason to go to seminary before was like, because that's where I'm going to find some hidden information. Mm-hmm. I don't think that exists anymore, right? right? And, and a seminary that tries to sell it is like, oh, no, no, you have to come here because this is the only place you can learn something. That's not going to be a very effective marketing uh, strategy mm-hmm. at all. It, instead, I think for me, my experience and, and what I've been able to see at Start College and Seminary, it's not that information transfer is the goal of seminary, or at least shouldn't be the goal of seminary. And Mm -hmm. if you're thinking, well, yeah, I wouldn't go there because I can get the data there and pay a bunch of money for it, or I can get the data on the internet Mm -hmm. for free. Yeah, that's not a very good reason to go to seminary. Seminary is a formative process. The process of school is a a character building moment, Um, not just information transfer. Certainly there is information transfer. You have to read, you have to study, you have to prepare for tests. There's something else that happens in school. And we talk about like submitting an assignment, right? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty normal thing. That's actually one of the most critical things about theological education and why Mm. I would say it's important to go to seminary is because you get to actually practice a spiritual discipline, right? There's no spiritual discipline of just watching. Like we can watch Mm. things. There's no spiritual discipline of just listening to a podcast, but there is the spiritual discipline of submission. Yeah. And when you submit an assignment, that seems like a pretty small thing. Like, no, I'm just turning in a paper. 
But praying I get a C. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But let's say you do get a C or a B or whatever. You know what you get in that moment is you are actually submitting yourself to somebody else. Yeah. You're saying you're an expert and I'm giving this to you for your feedback and critique. And you're opening yourself up to a kind of love that most of us don't really want. And that is that love uh, uh, that comes through honesty Mm -hmm. and through telling the truth, right? So uh, you give your paper to somebody else and they tell you, here's where you could have done better. Here's a mistake that you made. Here are the things that I'd like to see different on the next paper. You have then opened yourself up for critique. Mm -hmm. You have recognized the limits of your own knowledge and you have allowed this other person to speak into your life. That doesn't happen when you just watch a podcast. The podcasts are great. That doesn't happen when you just read a book on your own. The reading books on your own, those are all very, very good things. But when you go to seminary, when you're actually in the educational process, there are other character building things at Mm. work. And that's a very humbling process too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, even just in the in the workforce or anything, like receiving critique, receiving feedback can either, I mean, you'll either approach that in a sense of humility or a sense of pride where you're like, no, you know what? Like, you're, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and no. It's, it's a very difficult thing to have to walk through with that, yeah. Yeah, I was good at school. I mean, mm-hmm. like, schools kind of always come naturally to me, and I got into the, the PhD work, and man, some of the first grades I got were awful. And I remember thinking, I should quit. I Like, I can't I can't hack it. This is terrible. I'm getting all this, like, uh, these awful comments, and, and school's always been easy. I must have reached the limit of what I was supposed to do until, again, talking to some mentors who reminded me, they're like, no, that's why you're here, is to get better. Like, yeah. and it was really a, a decision for me. Was I going to humble myself and submit to the process, or was I just going to quit? And I stuck it out. So. Mm, that's good, man. Well, you know, one thing I see uh, as I look at just kind of movement of churches and and this idea of resources and things that are available, uh, what I've seen now and 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 mainly like larger churches is they're kind of creating their own college, their own institute within their church organization. Uh, and it's just crazy, like just adaptive world. And I even got to sit in uh, in a breakout session one time at a conference of a church who has their own institute, so to speak, whether it was like this nine month long program where students would come in and then they would um, take Bible classes. They would, you know, choose a route of ministry to kind of plug into as an intern, so to speak. Um, and then the the director of the institution we even went as far as to saying like, yeah, like where we are now because we built this this within our, our organization is we no longer look to seminaries to hire our staff as mm. we hire from within, from these institutions, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because they're able to, I guess, do their training on their own. They're not, you know, ex- relying on a seminary type of training. So what would you kind of say to that? Really, this this culture of movement—I don't know how big this is going to be in the future—but it's happening now in local churches that are essentially starting their own. Uh, what kind of impact does that might have on a theological educational system like Stark? Yeah, no, and um, it, I think it's a really interesting idea, and I've gotten to be a part of that uh, in actually going and serving on an accreditation team that evaluated mm-hmm. one of those church-based seminaries. So everything's kind of a pendulum and and decisions often get made in response to certain things. And uh, I think part of this movement is at least rooted in the fact that some seminaries have kind of lost their connection to local churches, not all of them, and not even that it's intentional, but um, they've sort of existed just for training of people and forgotten that the seminary ultimately works for the local church. Like Mm. the seminary is only successful when the local church is thriving. And uh, we can have a great seminary and then the local church is unhealthy, we're not that great of a seminary. Um, And so 
a church that is seeking to root a training center in the practice of the local church, that's a good thing. And, mm-hmm. and so that's not a bad thing at all. And it's, we actually work really hard on that at Start College and Seminary of staying connected to the local church. We never want to uh, grow beyond the local church. We never want to grow apart from the local church. We, we remind ourselves often. In fact, even every Monday morning, our staff gathers together and we pray for local Come churches on. that are served uh, by our institution. And so that's a big deal. Uh, so I think it's great that local churches want to provide some more concrete training. And, and there's so many good things that could come of that. I mean, uh, even down to some of the like most practical things where if you're talking about something like running sound, right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to like talk about running sound generically. It's another thing to say, hey, we're actually going to put you in the spot where you're going to be doing this and your class is going to be you know, editing videos that we're actually going to put on our YouTube. That's a really good yeah. thing. It's very, very practical and hands-on. And so I think there's a lot to say that's really good on that. I think the possible pitfalls are kind of obvious and they're, they're sort of even what you said is that if you're so insular in your hiring and in your training, how do you expose yourself to outside voices? Mm-hmm. And how do you make sure that you are still uh, situating yourself within you know larger Christendom? Um, and so who are the people that are going to either serve as faculty in that process mm-hmm. or... Um, the people then that you're going to send out into other, uh, you know, organizations, it, it could be really easy to become so insulated, again, through good intentions, and yet just because we're training our people to serve in our place and they're only learning this way. I know even your experience of being at BT and then going to New York and then coming back uh, to BT has really, like that experience in New York has dramatically shaped some things yeah. that you do now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And 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 I I wrestle with this a lot too because I see young adults like just picking up their life to move to a major city because there is a large church there that has um, a cool college that is attractive. And, yeah. and I think that's great. Like if you feel called, if you feel led to do that, by all means, but like that's God calling you. We're not going to stop you from doing that. Um, but then I, I see that, that it's, it's just maybe with this hope that maybe I'll get to work there one day or whatever that looks like. But then it's the wrestling too of like, well, what about – pursuing that degree that might help you in the longer run versus like an internship and so there's it's such uniqueness man and it's crazy to see that going on but i love what you guys are doing in the integration because i think what could happen is if you're a local church that's doing this which i would imagine probably a lot of local churches that are doing this may do what i'm about to say but it's how can you integrate with a seminary to where like all right you're offering bible classes during this intern process um how can you offer it in a way to where even if they take four or five, six classes within this internship, it's actually going to some credit to where they can continue on the education, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that'd be a great way of just forming that together to provide both ministry training, theological education, uh, and then it's kind of that integration of the local church as well. Um, man, one thing I, I love to kind of get into is just a little bit of your, um, a little bit of your personal life. You know, your husband, your dad, uh, you doing amazing things at, at Star College and Seminary, but you also actively involved in the local church, serving in student ministry and other ministry positions as well. Um, that's a lot, man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to do all that. It is a lot. Uh, and so like, what do you do like kind of personally to one, just kind of be proactive to continue to be passionate in those areas? Uh, what's, what are some ways also that, you know, now that you're done with school, I mean, unless you're considering another doctoral degree, I have no idea. I, uh, I joked with my wife that I was like, hey, maybe I should go to law school. She said, you better study <laughs> divorce law because uh, it's going to be over with. Uh, so no, no more school. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, but, it's like, I'm, but you're also a student, man. We, we yeah. never stop 
growing and never stop learning type of thing. So what are what are some things that you enjoy doing on a personal level as far as your personal growth, uh, whether it's reading, podcasts, et cetera? Uh, what are some some topics that you enjoy reading? Yeah. Um, so for so many years, uh, I finished with my PhD in 2018. And uh, when I finished, I realized I had been in school for all but like seven years of my whole mm. life. Um, and it was a really weird feeling to all of a sudden not be in school. And I had had this goal of trying to finish before my kids got into high school, which I just narrowly like slid in right, uh, right in time. Um, but those things that I'm able to do now, like I'm able to go to more of my kids' things yeah. and not ha- not to have to be thinking about like the paper that's due in the back of my mind. Like we were in Houston this weekend for my son's swim meet. And I could just be there. I could That's just good. be fully present, like at the swim meet and cheering for him and finding him afterwards and talking about it without having to think about like the deadline of papers. And that's not to say the deadline was bad because that was good also. That made me prioritize and mm-hmm. focus and triage out some things that I didn't need to do. But it is still kind of a novel thing to think, huh, I just can kind of go to sleep at the end of the day and I don't I don't have an assignment that's due. So that that is pretty uh, invigorating for me. Um a lot of the things that you mentioned, so being a dad, serving at Star College and Seminary, uh, you know, being a husband, um, serving at my local church, it's kind of like uh, earlier talking about calling. Those things can seem really uh, disparate and like separated and, and segmented, but honestly, all of those things actually work together quite mm. a bit. My work at the seminary makes me love the local church, and my work in the local church is where I get to serve alongside of my family, yeah. and, and then that really just fills me up so then I can go to work and do my office job, which is at Star College and Seminary, which makes me love the church. Like. I feel like I have such a uh, a charmed life in mm. that the things that I do, they're not this piece over here or that piece over there. It's kind of like different gears that just turn all together. And and sometimes one gear is a little rusty uh, than the others, and maybe I have to show a little bit more attention to it. But mm. uh, I do feel like I get to do things that are all interconnected. And That's nice. For me personally, I mean, I love to watch movies. Um, I love watching sports. Um, Cowboys fan, and uh, yeah, really excited about that. I think we won against the Patriots. I think did that happened. Man, there was a lot of controversy in that game. Yeah, that we'll save for another episode. Okay, another episode. Yeah, yeah. my uh, brother was actually there. Yeah, yeah, him, him and his best friend. My brother's a, a big Patriot fan. My and his best friend's a big Cowboy fan. They yeah. went to the game. Yeah, Man, Cowboy friend was uh, happier probably. He was. Day. Yeah, it's, no, it's okay. I, I mean, being able to do those things now is really fun. Uh, just going and playing. Uh, a terrible round of golf uh, is pretty exciting, <laughs> and to go and just kind of be out there on the course and, and it's move weird slowly. That playing golf terribly is so enjoyable. Yeah, I don't know what that I is. Understand. I mean, like I'm lose money on the event, lose money by hitting balls in the water, <laughs> and still somehow I like it. Yeah. Uh, but there are small things like that, and and for me, I. I'm pretty bad a lot of times at carving out enough time for rest or, or mm. setting good boundaries a lot of times because I have a lot of energy and I like to be involved in a lot of things. Um, so that's that's actually an area of my life that I probably need to do a little more work on. Uh, but being out of school has actually just allowed me to do some of those things that I feel like I had to put a little bit more to the side mm-hmm. for a while. And that... That is just really life-giving and affirming, being able to to be there for all my kids' stuff, being able to just read some kind of junk food reads yeah. uh, that aren't always academic. I, it's really fun. Man, I love that. It's nice. Man, I love just the way that you laid out your story for us, laid out uh, your passions for this. And so a uh, last question I have for you, man, what is your 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 hope uh, for Stark College and Seminary, just overall? Yeah, I, 
I said earlier that we remind ourselves often that we work for the local church. And uh, President Salelli, Dr. Salelli, uh, says frequently that the role of seminary professor or uh, president is never really outlined in the New Testament. If anything, mm. it's probably closer to the scribes and the Pharisees, <laughs> not the most flattering <laughs> comparison at all. Uh, but the the roles are our pastors and leaders yeah. in the church. Um and so we remind ourselves frequently as a staff, individually, uh, just that we work for the local church. And so our grand vision at Stark College and Seminary is to see the local church thrive and flourish. And that's what we want to do. We All of our programs are geared towards serving in the local church. They're geared towards preparing men and women um, how to think rather than what to think, mm. but uh, teaching them how to develop critical thinking skills, giving them a few more tools that they might be able to deploy, connecting them with mm. other ministers from around the region, um, because we want to see the local church flourish. And yeah. so here in the the Valley, in Corpus Christi, all throughout Texas, we just want to see the local church thrive. And that's our vision at Stark College and Seminary. Man, I love it. Well, Chris, Dr. Stapper, Thanks for joining us today, man. What a great conversation. And I pray that it blesses anybody tuning in. If you guys have any desire to check out a, a Bible college, uh, like we said here, there's multiple levels of entry. There's ways that you can just step in, check it out. Can somebody like like just attend a, a class and just kind of visit in? Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, if you so. go to stark.edu, you'll see a couple of links. One of them actually says preview a class. And so if you're Perfect. interested in previewing a class, you could sign up right there. If you ever sign up for a, uh, an appointment, we're not used car salesmen. Uh, we're not <laughs> trying to talk you into something. Right. Uh, we just want to come alongside you and discern whether or not ed, uh, theological education is God's call on your life. And so we'd love to talk with you further. And one of the coolest things is is you get to do a, a the, you get to do theology, which is a wonderful thing, but then alongside a group of people which then creates community. So uh, don't do theology alone. Uh, Practice it within community and being a part of a seminar is a great way of doing that. So, uh, So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you all next time.